Blog Talk Radio. So it's faith-based. So you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know they was pretty much scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible is saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about Baltoats? Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me here again tonight. This is the Atheist Roundtable. I am your host. My name is Andrew Garver. Follow me on Facebook and uh, go to the Facebook page for the Atheist Roundtable and give that page a like. You will be able to see live videos of the Atheist Roundtable when the show goes live, plus five, ten minutes of a bonus pre-show that I'm doing where I just kind of talk about what in the world's going on in my life. That's the bonus. That's the, that's the, that's the perk that you get for going to the Atheist Roundtable Facebook page and liking the fan page. Being a fan, follow, uh, send me a friend request. Be my friend on Facebook. We can share life stories, or you can at least follow my life stories as I share them 10 minutes at a time um, every week, right before the show goes live at 11 p.m. on Sunday nights. Uh, So I I found on Facebook this week, uh, someone was, uh, there's, there's an atheist podcaster group that I go to, and I missed the post so I couldn't like join in because they'd already done found a guest by the time I went and found it. But they were looking for a guest who was going to be counter to the anti or the anti theism position. All right. And 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 this is something that I really kind of thought that I'd talked about before on this show. I really kind of thought that I had spoken about my positions on anti theism and anti theist before. And I guess I haven't. Now, I want to kind of define my position and then talk about how these things play out in real life, okay? For tonight, right, for this purpose, when I say anti-theism, what I mean is the idea that if all religion just disappeared, just went poof into the night and were no more, right, then the world would be a better place because religion had gone away, all right? That's anti-theism, okay, versus anti-theists, right? But on the other side, if, if, if anti-theism is an anti of a theism, an anti-theist is anti-the theist, right? Uh, the idea that if all the religious believers magically disappeared, that the world would be a better place, right? And I think that I am anti-theism because I think that overall religions are a net bad, right? That if you added up all the things that religions do, and religions do some good things, and religions do some bad. If you add up all the things that religions do, what you will find is that it all comes, you have more bad things than good. You have a net bad in the things that religions do. All right. 
I don't think that's true at all when it comes to theists, right? When it comes to theists, I don't think that holds any water whatsoever. If you added up all the things that theists do, you will find that theists do net good, right? Because theists are people, and people tend to want to do the right thing. People, people tend to really, really want to do the right thing. And for the most part, even when they're believers, they do. They do. So I don't think that uh, I, I don't think that if all the theists were to just go away, that would ever be a solution. But and I don't think that if all the religions just went poof and went away, that we necessarily have a better place to live. I don't think that even if all religions just went away, that the the world would suddenly be a much better place. Taking all the religions away is an awful lot like taking homeopathy away and thinking all woo goes away. You know what I mean? Religion is a symptom, I think, of reaching wrong conclusions based on bad thinking. Okay? And theists are just wrong about their... That doesn't mean they're wrong about everything. Theists are just wrong about their theistic beliefs. They've just made an error. They've made an oopsie. And for the most part, that's all that it means. It just means that they've made a mistake in their thinking. And I don't think that you get rid of bad thinking or you don't get rid of reaching wrong conclusions based on bad thinking just by getting rid of religion. Right? That's just one way that people get things wrong. It's kind of like saying that uh, if you got rid of homeopathy, all of the woo would go away, right? Homeopathy is woo. We get that. But that's not the only kind of woo. And getting rid of homeopathy wouldn't make any other kind of woo any less wooey, right? It wouldn't make any of those other things less bad. It, it's still bad. Trying to do their best. Right? I mean, for the most part. All right? For the most part. The, the, the theists that you know in your life are trying to do the right thing. They're trying to be the best person they can be, and they're trying to apply, sometimes, these wrong conclusions that they have in their theism to their everyday normal life. And th- sometimes things go awry. How could things not go awry? When you use of poorly thought-out religious ideas and try to apply them to your life. How could things not go wrong from time to time? Of course they will. Um, we, I had some articles uh, bookmarked for tonight, and it would appear that a lot of them came from sites that only let me do a couple of things. Um, so, I, so I got kicked down to one. But I kind of wanted to talk about this idea, partly because it's a fan request that I talk about uh, the idea of um, of, uh, Christians being a persecuted minority. And I think that it kind of ties into this idea of anti-theism and anti-theists, because as 
atheists, as non-believers, when we talk about religious people holding these ideas, sometimes it's easy to forget that the motivation that these that our opponents have come from a place where they want to do the right thing, right? Sometimes it's hard to remember when they're trying to just do absurdly ridiculous nonsense, like not bake a cake for people who are getting married or not acknowledge uh, and the entire LGBT community when they're doing bad things, horrible things, and they're trying to have a clear conscience about it. It's, it's hard to recognize that what they're doing they're, is coming from a desire to do the right thing. And what they see when they look out into the world, it must seem like all the people around them are telling them that they're crazy for trying to do the right thing. It must seem to a believer that the entire world is screaming to them, you must be nuts for trying to do the right thing. Now, I don't want to make it sound for a second like I think that they're actually doing the right thing, but I do believe that they think they are. There's a, there was an article at the Christian Post, right? The Christian Post, where it was talking about these high-profile cases that we're seeing where florists don't want to have hours for gay weddings or bakers don't want to have to bake a cake for a gay wedding. And we're ta- they're talking about how this is a persecution of religious beliefs. Now, I want to be perfectly clear. But I don't think for a second that this is a persecution of religious people, okay? People ought to be able to hold any religious idea that they want. And if bigotry is part of their religion that they want to have, they have every right to be a religious person and a bigot. I want to make it perfectly clear that I want that I that I would stand by someone's right to hold those beliefs. But but when you attempt to bring your bigotry into the marketplace, we might have a bit of a problem. We might have a bit of a scuffle. All right? There might be some friction here. Because we the rest of us think that if you're open to the public, a member of the public comes in and wants a thing off the shelf, you sell it to them. And if you and you, you don't have to sell it to anyone. But if you sell it to anyone, then you should sell it to everyone. There's a common um, counter-argument that I hear sometimes where people say that would, uh, would you force a baker to make a Nazi cake uh, for a bunch of white supremacists? And the answer to that question is, does the baker normally make Nazi cakes? Because if you normally make Nazi cakes, then sell the Nazi cakes. 
You're always making it's on the shelf. So take it off the you know, take that Nazi cake off the shelf that you got there. Go sell it to the white supremacists. Who did you make the Nazi cake for in the first place? Right? Right? But if you don't, and that's not a thing that you normally make, you don't have to make it. Seems normal to me. These ideas of being persecuted, though, are very potent in, in, in Christianity. It gives people motivation to continue to try to do the right thing. Look, when we, we all appreciate rooting for an underdog. I don't know who the underdog is in today's Super Bowl. Okay, I don't know if it's the one team or the other team. I don't know who's playing in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Um, um, Google says it's the, I don't know, is it Eagles? Are the Eagles the underdog? Doesn't matter. Point is that somebody is the underdog in the Super Bowl. And maybe you just enjoy rooting for the underdog team. That's cool. Really satisfying sometimes when the underdog wins, isn't it? I think it's really satisfying when the underdog wins. And when, and so this idea of Christians being persecuted because they have to bake a cake because they're bakers, or they have to provide flower arrangements because they're florists, that still provides some good motivation to want to show other people that their fighting could be good. The Christian Post, no, no, I'm sorry, it's not the Christian Post. It's, uh, uh, you know, it, it is the Christian Post. That's where I got the article. Um, the Christian Post had an article about how it's okay to be offensive, but it's not okay to be insulting. And here, I think that even though what I think is offensive and insulting and what they think is offensive and insulting are two completely different things, the overall idea behind the article is exactly what I'm trying to say here. We, I think we do better when we identify better with our opposing people, with the people who hold opposing views. The, the, the article ends beautifully, I think, saying that platitudes come from a place of fear, uh, a fear of not knowing answers, and you just have to have some kind of answer. You don't have one until you spout out some platitude. Uh, we want to fill the gaps of answers that we have with something, and that's what platitudes seem to have. This is from the Christian Post article, right? Um, and I think that sometimes when atheists say, well, if religion would just go away, if nobody was religious, if, if all religions just went away, things would be so much better, that the root of all evil comes from religion. I think these things do more damage than good. I'm not arguing 
that religion doesn't do harm because I absolutely believe that religion does harm, real harm, tangible harm, harm that can be fought and stopped. But I think that it's important to remember that some of the greatest victims of the harm that's done by religion is done to religious people. And the religious people are going to be the first people to tell you that religion is good. Who's been victimized? And how many times have they been victimized by religion? It's the religious people, and it's twice. That's what I'm talking about. And when we have that empathy, you know, the Christian Post and saying platitudes never helped anyone, empathy helps everyone. And that is absolutely right. When we really empathize with people, things go great. And I'm talking to you guys because I suck at empathy. I suck at empathy. I'm not an empathetic person. I'm just not. It's just not my strong suit. I don't know what to say about that. It's not the thing that I do well. The things that I do well are uh, being insulting and offensive. Um, that's And maybe it's easier for me uh, to be insulting and offensive than it is to be empathetic. I don't know. I try. I make a effort, a conscious effort, to try to remember that I wasn't always an atheist, and I used to hold beliefs just like this. I used to think that gay people were bad people. I used to think that there was no such thing as a trans person. I know better now, and I feel ashamed and embarrassed that I used to feel that way. But I know what it's like to think that way, and remembering what it's like to think that way helps me talk to people who still think that way. Because when someone says that there's no such thing as a trans person, they think they're helping people who are trans by telling them that. They think they're helping. They're coming from a place where they want to help. Uh, they, they think that people who get on, these, on, on uh, hormone therapy, people who undergo SRS, sex reassignment surgery, people who do these things, just like the myth, of people who have abortions, they immediately regret it and have horrible, terrible lives. That's what they think happened. It's not what happened, but that's what they think happened, and they're trying to help. They don't. Religious people don't understand that the reason that trans people have a super high rate of suicide is because of them. Because it's depressing to be trans, but because bigotry makes it depressing to be trans, right? I, I get that it's easy to look at the harm that religion does. And it's, again, real harm. Real harm. It's easy to look at the harm that religion does and think to yourself, well, just make the religion go away. But we know, don't we? We know that 
bigotry doesn't come from religion, right? Bigotry is a thing that is masked by religion. It's sugar-coated by religion. A source? It's a justification, maybe. It's a... It's, but it's not where it all comes from. You can't get rid of it by getting rid of... There are plenty of atheists who are, well, prejudiced, bigots, fools, and wrong about something that relates to social issues, right? Plenty. Plenty of them. I'm sure that there is some social issue that I'm wrong about today. Sure, it possibly be right on every social issue. You can't possibly be sure. So while I think that theism is bad, I don't think that theists are bad. I wish there was a way to show theists A better way to be better, right? Um, a way to do good that is better than, you know, refusing to bake cakes for people's weddings or refusing to do flowers for their weddings or refusing to perform medical procedures that might save someone's life. That would be amazing if we could give people better ways of being better. I look out into the atheist community. I notice people in the atheist community who are partnering with people in theism. Right? You you know who I'm talking about. These These are atheists who work with religious people because Homelessness sucks, and if we can help people not be hungry, sick, and tired, and homeless, that's good stuff. Yeah, we might disagree on some other things, but there are plenty of religious people out there who just want to do real good work. And even the ones who are doing, who are perpetrating harm, also are trying to do good. Most of them are. I think there are some theists who are trying to be naughty and are using religion as a crux. I think there are some people who are hiding behind religion as a way of being able to do very bad things, and people will say it's okay because I'm religious and religious people can't do bad things. And I, I absolutely think that there are people who are using this as a shield and are hiding behind religion. And, um, but I don't think that even with those people, that if we took religion away and we removed their shield, that they wouldn't find something else to hide behind. You don't need religion to be your shield. You can have anything to be your shield. You can hide behind so many other things. But I, I, I do want to say that I recognize that there are, that while 99%, maybe I'm being generous, 90%, I might be too generous, 80 the majority of religious people definitely want to be doing good. I 
will admit that I think that there are some who don't want to do good. But I, don't, I still don't think that we solve the problem by getting rid of all religion. And I still don't think that we solve any problems by getting rid of all religious people. I think what we do is we recognize the source of these problems. It's bad thinking. Like it's reaching wrong conclusions. It's being wrong, right? And the way that we get better, we all get by learning where we're wrong and how we can be right. I, every so often I'll meet people who appear to be terrified of being wrong, right? You guys know anybody like that? They appear to be terrified of being wrong. When someone shows them that they're wrong, they double down and say, I can't possibly be wrong because I, whatever, some reason that makes me not wrong. (laughs) Um, I don't understand these people. I don't get it, saying that they're out there and that they think that being wrong is a horrible affliction. I don't think that way. In a day that I've been right all day, I haven't learned anything. And I think that being willing to learn, being willing to grow, and being willing to uh, acknowledge when you're wrong is, uh, even when it's something that you think is uh, a closely held belief, um, I think that's the way that we get better, by recognizing that we can all be wrong. We can all be wrong. And when we are proven to be wrong, the cause for celebration, the cause for uh, cause to be elated that you learned something that you didn't know before and that you could be a better person and help someone else be a better person because of it. All right. I think I'm it. I think that's it. So, please, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for going to the Atheist Roundtable on Facebook, liking the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable. There are, there will always be a pre-show, not an after-show, just a pre-show. Maybe there will be an after-show. I don't know. Bonus material on the video post it on Facebook. That's how you find it. Or you can send me a friend request on Facebook and I'll share it on my page. We'll all be friends, right? We'll be friends on Facebook. That'll be great times. Good times. And if you super like the show, um, uh, go to iTunes. Give me your oh-so-coveted five-star review because I truly do covet your five-star review. I truly, truly do. Until next time, then. Um, Take care of yourselves, because God isn't here. We are. Good night. Outros are hard. Going to be an after show. You guys can't tell this, but my outro isn't playing on Blog Talk Radio.
I mean, it looks like it's playing on block talk radio, but it's not playing on block talk Happening. Get it. Very sad. And the end episode button isn't working on blog talk radio. The end episode button. I am not able to end this episode. I can't end it. Look, I'm clicking the buttons, clicking all the buttons that are in front of me here, and nothing. Nothing's happening there. Nothing's happening there. Hit that button. You doing that? Yeah. I have a technical difficulty. You know, I'm going to say that, uh, I, uh, I know, uh, that uh, y'all are sad that uh, no religion required is uh, no longer uh, making shows. Um, but I think I inherited all of their technical difficulties. That's just great. All the technical difficulties of law talk, of, uh, of no religion required. Because I still can't end the episode. I mean, come on. I've never had a trouble ending the episode. This is ridiculous. All right, well, I'm at least going to end the episode on Facebook. Uh, yeah, ending the, the episode on Facebook because there's no reason to keep on talking. Just so. All right, good night. This is, this is what we're going to do.